0: So it's just so good to be with you um, this morning and to have this chance to share with you a few things I've been thinking as I've been doing a bit of a deep dive into the Christmas story um, as I read it in in Luke, in the Gospel of Luke in the New Testament. But before I kind of get into all of that, I just want to know how are you? How does mid-December 2020 find you? And I know that lots of us have wanted to sort of crack on with Christmas a bit early, haven't we? We've been wearing the Christmas jumpers for weeks, got out the sort of um, Christmas decorations and the mince pies. Maybe you're halfway through your box of celebrations chocolates. And, you know, I totally get that. Don't we just all need a bit of good cheer, a bit of fun, um, you know, at this back end of what has been a really, really challenging year? But I guess I'm also really aware that for many of us, pandemic living has just been really hard it's been a struggle and we're coming into this Christmas season carrying a lot of the kind of emotional weight uh, a lot of the experiences that that we've weathered during the year into this Christmas season and looking looking ahead to Christmas itself you know for many of us it's still tinged with losses it still feels very different and and difficult as well and so If any of that sort of resonates with you, then I guess I I sort of make no apology that this sermon today is especially for you. It's for any of us who are still feeling, you know, just a bit disorientated and weary, um, just for anyone who is needing the comfort and the solidarity of the Christmas story. So as I've been reading, I have found it utterly brilliant and very reassuring that so many of the key human protagonists in the Christmas story are people who also seem pretty far out of their comfort zone. People who must have been um, kind of confused with their circumstances turned upside down and inside out, maybe feeling a bit on edge, just like us trying to work out what on earth is going on. This is definitely not a story of like smooth operators just gliding from one success to another, you know, living in the lap of luxury and ease. Not at all. Gotta remember, this is a story of a people under Roman occupation and oppression. This is a story of um, people who were searching like us for security and hope and peace in their time. It's about individuals and groups of people who are often in quite precarious situations. Um, close to the margins sometimes and often far away from home and I know that in 2020 a lot of us have physically been at home much more than normal but I think the events and the restrictions of this year have meant that many of us actually feel not that at home in our own lives and we're kind of left at this time of the year to figure out what actually remains when so much of what makes us feel at ease and secure in our lives, which make us feel kind of buoyed up and at home, has been stripped away. And, you know, none of this stuff is easy. And if you have been finding it a real struggle, finding it hard, then there is no shame in that. But going back to some of these characters that I've been reading about um, in Luke, Let's start with Mary and Joseph. That seems like a really good place to start. So here we have a young couple about to give birth to their first child. But as we know, this is not just any child. Just let's pause and imagine just for a moment, the kind of processing and shock that this young couple must have been experiencing with those angel visitations, um, the extraordinary news that Mary was expecting, was, had conceived the son of God in some mind-blowing, miraculous kind of way. Can you imagine for a moment the raw cynicism, like um, the biting gossip, maybe the dangerous outright condemnation that might have come their way in that small, tight-knit community of Nazareth? And then sort of on top of all that uh, was the Roman census. So just when the young teenage Mary was really heavy with child, close to giving birth, they had to up sticks and go on this arduous journey all the way to Bethlehem. And I just can't imagine what that would have felt like. I even think of Joseph. Did he worry that they should have gone sooner? Was he concerned that she might end up giving birth on the roadside on the way? I mean, what were they feeling this was something that was just it's just beyond imagining for as me as a mom who ha- have had kids, you know, the, what you want to do is be at home, the place, you know, get it all clean and ready and tidy. It's difficult to imagine the kind of things that they would have been feeling but somehow you know a couple of millennia on i think we are a little bit in danger of losing some of the rawness and the vitality of their story it can feel so long ago it can feel so far away from our life today and our kind of white european western culture has done a pretty good job of slightly idealizing elements of this story kind of over sanitizing it and there's a really interesting um but written by a Canadian writer called Sarah Bessie and she says of this: "If more mothers were pastors or preachers, perhaps the beautiful creche scenes of Christmas wouldn't be quite so immaculate. We wouldn't sing songs of babies who don't cry and maybe we wouldn't mistake quiet for peace. As it is, we take on a properly antiseptic and churchy view of birth, arranged as high art to convey the seriousness and the sacredness of the incarnation. It's as though the truth of birth is too secular for Emmanuel. Birth doesn't look like our concept of holy in its real state. So we think the first days of the God with us require the dignity afforded by our careful editing. And I think that's just interesting. And and I, I would agree to a certain extent that all that beautiful medieval high art, despite its brilliance, and also the kind of cute, pretty Christmas cards that we send, the quaint church crib scenes, as well as some of the slightly inadequate carol lyrics that we sing, have airbrushed out so much of the rawness and the humanity of the Christmas story and the kind of accumulative effect of all this lovely but over sanitized, unrealistic presentation is that we in our messiness can feel a bit unworthy to enter this story. We can feel a bit pushed out by this neat, pristine kind of tableau. And I feel a bit of passionate consternation about this because in truth, there is little on earth that is more full of blood and sweat and risk and joy and fatigue and courage than childbirth. It is how God chose to enter our physical world and be with us. And birth itself acknowledges and welcomes all our kind of ragged fragility and weariness. And so then moving on from them to the shepherds, way, way down the social and religious status scale men and women who lived rough probably pretty smelly semi-nomadic lives right on the kind of geographical perimeters of civilized society and you know i sometimes think that um, that distance from the warm heart of society has something to speak to us at the moment you know i think that many of us feel a bit pushed away um, a bit hidden, a bit a bit invisible at the moment. I know that that has been such a painful reality um, in 2020, especially for those who live alone, people who have been shielding, or if you or your family have been self isolating a lot. You know, if that's you, then your courage and your fortitude has been nothing short of incredible. But I know that it has come at a great price, and perhaps actually it's your faith that's taken a bit of a beating this year. Perhaps you feel at a distance from your own beliefs, from your own faith community. You know, it may be that we can read all sorts of predicaments that we're in—in in the shepherd's physical and social and religious distance from that warm, busy heart of their local. Bethlehem community. Most of us have felt a little bit out in the wilderness I think this year and maybe you're listening to me this morning and you're not a Christian, maybe you feel far away from any religion but wherever we find ourselves this story of the incarnation of love with a capital L come down into the mess and the muddle of life here on earth is an invitation for everyone everywhere. And, you know, that invitation is as much for you as it is for anybody. And and how do I know that? Well, just listen to the words of the angel that appeared over the fields of Bethlehem that night. This is from Luke 2. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them saying, don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone, everywhere. And so today, I think I just want to say one really simple thing. And that is that this good news of Christ's birth is for us all right here, right now in the middle of the pain and the losses of 2020. And the reassuring refrain that rang out that night over the fields of Bethlehem rings out to us all these centuries later. Do not be afraid. God is with us. He is good and you are welcome into his presence. So in that way, we don't have to wait until we've got life all sorted and shiny till our anxiety has subsided, or I don't know, till we get those exams or that promotion nailed, until we are in some way finally enough. As Richard Raw, in his book, Falling Upwards, reminds our striving souls, there is nothing to prove and nothing to protect. I am who I am and it's enough. This means, you know, that we don't have to bookmark peace and joy for some kind of post-vaccine, post-tears, post-mistakes kind of world. The message of Christmas is nothing if it's not that God in his unstoppable love has chosen to enter the vulnerability and the messiness of our human experience of life on earth and be with us powerfully, present and alive, you know, longing to restore our souls and our stories and our good earth. This is the good news that we really need to remind ourselves of now at the back end of such a difficult year. And maybe we need to kind of relax into it, live into it, and share it with others who might also be feeling disorientated and in pain at the moment. And then, Maybe the joy and the delight and the wonder that greeted everyone who visited the Christ child that night will become the very resistance that we need to the kind of despair and defeat and fears that nip around our ankles in really challenging times. But I wonder, you know, like how do we do this? Like how do we drop into the peace and wonder of Christ with us, especially? in tough times. It can feel so very difficult. I think we often find ourselves so mentally busy or distracted, so, um, so emotionally overwhelmed that we lose a sense that God could be with us in all of this. We lose a sense that there is some kind of path of peace that goes through even the darkest valleys. So I just want to tenderly remind us all and remind myself this morning, that actually in the nighttime moments of our lives, when things seem dark, there is this amazing lunar light that shines over us. There's an kind of uncountable number of stars in a night sky that are kind of like pinpricks in the dark that we sometimes feel is kind of enfolding us. And you know, dawn is amazing when it comes. You know, that solar clarity of midday is incredible. But we are not abandoned while we wait for it, we're not lost in emptiness. Maybe we need reminding today that, you know, in the darkness, there can be space to rest and heal and grow. Maybe it's good to remember that every living thing starts in the darkness of a womb or deep in the soil, kind of gestating, waiting to emerge, but it needs our patience sometimes, doesn't it? And our trust. There's there's an American author called Barbara Taylor Brown, and she speaks so beautifully about this in her book, Learning to Walk in the Dark. She says, To be human is to live by sunlight and moonlight, with anxiety and delight, admitting limits, sometimes transcending them, falling down and rising up. To want a life with only half these things in it is to want half a life, shutting the other half away where it will not interfere with one's bright fantasies of the way things ought to be. So if we feel this year that our tired hearts and minds are spinning and maybe God seems far away, could I offer two things that just might be of help? The first um, is to just to take a few minutes every day to get quiet and to get still and just settle into that quietness with God. You don't have to achieve anything doing this. You don't have to feel a certain way, but you're just intentionally slowing down and making space for to find Christ in your present experience. You're allowing yourself the, the experience of being seen and known by God, and that sort of transforms you over time from the inside out in ways I don't fully understand. And in, in, in fact, in ways I don't understand at all, but I know I know to be true in my own life. And secondly, sometimes the way that we find our road back to God or to peace is actually through the love and the care and the support that we offer each other. We were made to weave our lives in with others in community. We weren't made to suffer or to celebrate in isolation, which is, I think, why some of the the self-isolation that's been imposed on us this year has given us such heartache. So, in caring for one another, in offering kindness or friendship, we become the love of Christ for each other and the world. You know, and at the moment that might just be um, with a text or sharing a coffee on Zoom or just going for a walk in the park. But when we um, love one another well, when we give and receive love, when love shines through us. Then the beautiful, healing presence of Christ is being reborn and reborn and reborn out into the world, and we become those starry pinpricks of God's love for each other. And what a beautiful, reassuring sight they are. But, you know, doing that sometimes re- requires us to be out of our comfort zones. It might mean that we need to be a little bit interruptible, um, that we might need to step out of some of our normal routines or to try some new things. But maybe that is the best Christmas present that we could give the world this year. And maybe it's the best possible Christmas present that we could receive. Okay, let's just, um, let's just end with a prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are present and alive in the real messiness of our human experience, that you are not like in Star Wars, in a galaxy far, far away, but that you love us and that you are with us. Help us to lean into your presence, even in the dark times, that we would shine with your love. And we'd be able to share that the people in our lives this Christmas. Amen.